You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Daniel, Yo. welcome back to the Eater Upsell, the last ever episode of the Eater Upsell. You're going to scare people. Don't oh my be scared. God. Don't be scared. We are coming back next week with a new show called Eater's Digest. Yeah. How is it going to be different? Well, it's going to be better produced yeah. because we have a producer, but also we're going to have a meaty section up top. Ooh, I'd like a little, it's going to be like a meat and three. Maybe meat and four. Maybe meat and seven. I don't know. We're yeah. going to have... This component, uh, this part that everyone loves. Like the ten, first 10 minutes of the show, we're going to get into something, and then we're going to do stories. Yeah, with like music and the, field recordings. Woo! Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, Dan and I are actually going to test out a theory this weekend. So yeah. on the clock, the on is a Saturday. That we can do a good produced segment. <laughs> <laughs> we'll test the theory. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm Amanda Clute, Editor-in-Chief of Eater. This is Daniel Janine, a producer here. We are here with the last ever Eater Upsell before we get into the show where we're going to talk about the EMP divorce, we're going to talk about a David Brooks tweet mm. and some other things. I want to give a shout out to all the upsell listeners who came to the Young Gun Summit this past weekend because it was awesome to meet you all. Yeah, there were a lot of them. There were a lot of them. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Uh, I hope I was I hope I lived up to expectations. Oh, yeah. Yeah, people that I introduced Daniel to one of our fans. Moish? Moish? Yeah. And he was like, oh, I recognize you by your voice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> someone said, I recognize you by your cackle. Yes. Someone did say cackle. Someone did say cackle. That's fun. <laughs> but in a loving way. Yeah. She was so psyched to but hear no you one's cackle ever like, in person. You ever meet that really cool guy who cackles? No one's ever said that. Maybe not to your face, but maybe they're saying it all around town. Maybe all our listeners are like, love that cool guy. And his cap. I don't think so, but that's fine. Um, we're <laughs> anyway, excited for the was, show today. It was cool to see you all. I hope you had a good time. If you didn't, email me directly, amandaeater.com. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's right. And if you did, email me, Dan at Eater. If you had a great com. time, email Dan. If you didn't have a good time, email me. We're taking customer service very seriously on this first ever summit. Uh, should we get into the show? Let's hit the dings. So, Daniel, the biggest news this week in the restaurant world is the duo behind 11 Madison Park and Nomad and Made Nice, Make It Nice, and many other projects that have yet to open is splitting up. Daniel Hum, the chef, and Will Gadara, the front of house man, are divorcing. Why is this such a big deal? Why why is this pair so legendary? I think it 
it's been a while since we've had a pair like this. Like they have existed throughout time in the yeah. world of restaurants and they've um, most recently when I used to write about restaurants on the day to day basis, it was, um, oh my God, what's his name? It was Michael White and Chris Cannon. Yeah. They were like this power duo, one front of house guy, one chef, and they owned everything and they had all the success and then they completely fell apart <laughs> yeah, in this that. very dramatic way. And yeah. so it kind of reminds me of that. Um, they kind of redefined what a successful restaurant could be uh, in an age when it was all about the chef. Like yeah. the pendulum had swung that way. I think they kind of brought it back to show that a restaurant is really about food, but also hospitality. Mm-hmm. And coming from the world of Danny Meyer, Will was kind of, um, you know, a student of his and focused so much on making the guest experience great. Mm-hmm. And I do think that they're a pair that together made something really special. So much so that I was talking to someone on the phone the other day about a restaurant that is coming up, and they had a, a front of house manager and a chef who, mm-hmm. who had a partnership. Yeah, and it was like a the person I was talking to referred them as kind of like a Daniel and Will. Yeah. Just that they are they are that prototype now. Mm-hmm. I would have to say that it so often does not work. Right. It so often fails. And the fact that they were able to do this, they were business partners for eight years and worked together for longer than that, like maybe 13. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of push and pull there and a lot of tension. And to yeah. not have one person running things is, I think, tough. Okay, so they split up. Let's, you have known about this for a long time, that they were splitting up. I had heard about it Right. For and a while. so you went back into Amanda Clute 2009, <laughs> I'm yes. going to get this scoop. This is a tough story to get right? because it's one of those things where you hear rumors and no one was talking on the record and a lot of people had kind of heard something, but nothing serious. Mm-hmm. So you ask a person, they say who told them, they say who told them, they say who told them, and then it like doesn't go anywhere or all goes back to the same person who's spreading the rumor. So we started hearing about it in April. I had heard the Times had also heard about it. Both Will and Daniel and their representatives just wouldn't confirm it. They were just pretending it wasn't happening, but still throughout the industry, you would just hear like random rumblings about it. Were you impressed by how buttoned up the entire restaurant group was? Because I feel like even I was reaching out to people seeing if they knew anyone. They were on lockdown. Yeah. 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 I don't know how they kept it so quiet among their restaurant group. You don't want to be the person that blows it because then you're going to ruin your industry Mm -hmm. reputation. But even to say to confirm without a name, like you were seeing if people would confirm that it's happening on the record and be published anonymously and no one would do it. No. That's some, I mean, that's some hospitality. (laughs) (laughs) One thing we didn't mention at the top of this is that Daniel is taking the entire business. So one thing I didn't know until this week was that that was how it was going to shake out. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe Will would take the Nomad, but I had heard on on back channels that investors didn't want that. Investors wanted to keep the whole thing intact. Well, because there were some investors who were invested in multiple, in both properties. And I think they are under the impression that Daniel is a bigger draw because he's the chef and he's like world 50 best. I don't think that's necessarily true. Like, I think it's a less appealing restaurant group without Will involved. Yeah. Because like that's one of the main reasons you go to that place. Um, One one other interesting thing to think about is the dollar amount that Daniel is going to have to pay. Yeah. And how many millions. Pay him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're buying out Will completely versus splitting things up, that means you have to come up with a lot of cash. He has really rich investors, so it's fine. He's got the, he's also, the rich, some of the richest investors. Well, he's also dating uh, 
an incredibly wealthy woman. Daniel is? Oh, yeah. Who's he dating? Steve Jobs' widow. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, Lorraine yeah. Powell Jobs. She, she's like, I love innovators. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think, I have no... It's crazy indi- because I heard she prefers Will's hospitality over Daniel's <laughs> cooking. <laughs> I don't, I have no indication that she's investing any money in this at all. It's yeah. just a fun data point. To wrap up, why, why do you, do we know why they split up? No, I had some people say that, um, first of all, it's a long time for a business partnership in this industry to last. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Um, <laughs> <That's and when laughs> Listen, it was a long time for our marriage to last. Yeah, so yeah it's like it was like eight years, off. okay. Yeah. Um, one person was saying, you know, this is like a marriage. Mm-hmm. and We've heard a lot of marriage lot slash of, divorce yeah, yeah, yeah. terminology. But when things are good, things are good. And then when things get hard, that's when shit hits the fan. And you have and that's when real marriages are tested. And yeah. they went from having a couple successful restaurants in New York to expanding their portfolio in a huge way in the last year. They opened in Los Angeles and Vegas. Everything I've heard about Los Angeles is that it's hemorrhaging money. Yeah. Uh, Vegas, I imagine, is a huge challenge for them. Uh, they're opening a place in London. I heard they were working on a place in Boston and it yeah. fell through. Um, they had an event space in New York that I think they just canceled. There are just so many. There's a Park Avenue project they were working on. So it's one thing to be successful on a local level where you're doing this thing and everything's tight and success and like working and you're making money. Then when the money stops coming in and all the drama starts happening, that's when I think tensions arise. So basically, if you want to uh, stay in a marriage or stay in a business relationship, only have successes. That's what I would say. <laughs> or be ready. Don't be fail. really ready for when things go sour. Yeah. I think for me, it was like the most surprising because that cup, the, those two together are like, I mean, we always talk about them whenever we talk about anything to do with the 50 best. Like those are, that's just the power couple of the restaurant Well, also group. the image they put out, they put so, so many pictures f- out yeah. of them just being like in love with my each other. And yeah. A lot of like my best friend. Um captions on Instagram and just a lot of bro love <laughs> happening where you don't see that in a lot of other public business partnerships. So no, to, see it flame, to see it flame out and to hear that like, you know, they're putting forward this idea that they are, you know, amicably separating, but I do not think that is the case at all. Amanda, there is a, a restaurant near my apartment called Honey Brains. Oof, I've walked by it. Looks yeah. super silly. It's, yeah, it is, uh, they have bowls, they have food, you know, you get like grass-fed beef on top of, uh, I don't know, sweet potato with whatever. They're jumping from trend to trend trying to be like the peak healthy restaurant in the city. One aspect I don't understand at all is the restaurant is based, uh, the foundation of the restaurant is based around honey. So they have Hmm. all these different walls of honey, like ranging in price, ranging in origin, um, this honey is good for this thing. This honey is good for that. And they also have a line of pills like Whoa. be smarter, remember better. Um, oh, you wait, know, you love pills. Calming. Well, I like pills. I like to take specific supplements for specific things. I uh-huh. don't like anyone else making mashups for For new me. listeners, how many pills do you take a day? Probably 20. Okay. Yeah. But I make that cocktail, okay? I don't need someone else making me up a pill cocktail. Uh-huh. Uh, especially when it's like be calm and it's just like theanine, which is a standard pill that's like in tea. Ugh, yeah. Idiots. <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, they have- uh, No idea what that is. <laughs> I, di- <laughs> I didn't notice this until recently, but they have, and maybe it's maybe it was just put up there or maybe it was put up there a while ago, but they have on their door a sign 
that says, or a screen printed thing on their glass front door that says 100% based on neuroscience. Whoa. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> I just like, as someone that has occasionally fallen for a kooky health trend or yeah. two, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought this was the most ridiculous thing. The first product that you see when you walk into this restaurant is some Honey Brains labeled skateboards. Like based on neuroscience, based on neuroscience, like go faster based on (laughs) neuroscience. I haven't read like Manuka honey or whatever is supposed Uh to be an antioxidant or an anti-inflammatory or Mm -hmm. some, but like this wall of honey, like, oh, is your chia seed pudding based on neuroscience? Is your like spindrift beverage based on neuroscience? It's just some spindrift. I want to make an a pro Amanda point right now, and that is, well, it's just it's just it's just silly how legal it is to put a label like that on something. Saying hi to people is good in the morning or something, and that is one hundred percent based on neuroscience. Nobody can punish me for making that statement or that claim. You know, maybe neuroscientists can. I have an idea. I want to bring a famous neuroscientist there mm-hmm. and have them review it. What do you think? I think it's a great idea. Yeah, you know. Back in the day, okay, meaning Bring me 2011, back. Bring me back. there was a restaurant in the meatpacking district called Romera. Yeah, and the idea was it was a neurogastronomy mm, restaurant, mm-hmm. and the chef behind it was a brain <laughs> surgeon who also was a chef and had won Michelin stars in Spain and everything, and opened this restaurant oh. in the Dream Hotel in New York to much fanfare, and it was wildly expensive. And super like crazy food, yeah, just like the weirdest food. And this is one of the biggest, the biggest bombs, the biggest in, bombs in the history of New York. Dining, that I've right? ever seen. Yeah. yeah. Did you go? Oh yeah, I did. Was it a disaster? It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> That's but sad. that was the whole idea. Was like the cuisine is all based on neuroscience. Mm-hmm. All right. Up next, we are joined by. Rebecca Jennings of Vox.com. Uh, Rebecca, hi. Hi. You wrote a piece. I think it came out a few days ago. Called "Why Is Everyone on Tinder Obsessed with Tacos?" Can you just explain like what that even means? Yeah. So basically, anyone who has been on a dating app for like five minutes will see <laughs> will see like twenty people being like, "Just here for the tacos," like or like. Tacos or pizza. Like, tacos is just everywhere that you can fit a food item, it's tacos. <laughs> but when you say, like, when you'll see this on Tinder, this comes up because all modern dating apps or most modern dating apps will have an opportunity for you to s- make some statements about yourself. Oh, okay. So, do yeah, I need, to, going, do I need to explain what dating explain, apps are <laughs> to the eater upsell <laughs> listener base? Okay. So, okay. So, the, app, the experience of scrolling through a dating app is this. You see a picture, and maybe underneath there'll be some words, and then you either like them or you don't like them. That is basically all dating apps. And could you explain like the most basic uh, taco example? Give, what does the picture look like? What is the okay. what's written underneath? The picture is maybe on vacation, maybe on a boat, um, in front of a graffiti wall, and the <laughs> <laughs> the line is like, "Just here for the tacos." Or like, I know where the best tacos in town are. Mm-hmm. It's just like a nice looking average person that also watches The Office. Um, also like 
says they're like fluent in sarcasm and dad jokes. Like mm-hmm. it's it's like you're fine. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> okay, so how did this come up? When did you start realizing uh did you have tacos? Like what how did this no. start? No. Um <laughs> no. So this is something that I knew I wanted to write about a couple months ago. Uh it's it's also like I'm not the first person to say this. This is like a normal thing that everybody who like has spent any time on dating apps kind of knows and has talked about online. Um I finally posted a thing on my Instagram stories being like, if you've seen tacos in dating apps, like, get at me. I want to talk to you. So I talked to a lot of people. Obviously, they've seen it, too. I I realized some of my friends actually have this in their dating profiles, and I felt bad. But they were like, it kind of works for me. So I was happy for them. Uh, So what kind of responses did you get? I mean, people were just like, oh, my God, the taco dudes of Tinder. Like, it's it's like taco Tinder. There's like a whole, like, subculture of people <laughs> who just uh, want to align themselves with tacos. And I, as I thought about it more and as I, you know, I had some theories. And I, I really didn't want to, like, be rude to the people that have tacos in their dating apps. I know that, like, it's really hard to write these things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you want to come off as, like you know, this is something about me, but it's not too weird. And But it's also not like, you know, long walks on the beach. You right. know, it's like one step above I like long walks on the beach. Yeah, maybe this is more of a dating app question, but what is the ideal? Like, you want something that is accessible mm-hmm. that is going to speak to someone that you would have uh, something to talk about with? Right. And But the thing is, you end up having a lot of really boring conversations when when all you do is put in your profile, like, I like Harry Potter and I love tacos and margaritas. Mm-hmm. Like, those are things that 100% of people love. Um, and so you'll just end up having conversations where you're talking about things that, like, are extremely surface level and don't really tell you anything about the person. Is it is it all food things or is it specifically tacos? Because I have my own some of my own theories on this. Right. So my my kind of theory was that it used to be pizza. Like pizza was a thing that you put in your app because it it should like paired with a cute photo of yourself. Liking pizza can be a personality in that it's like. I'm really cute, but I also like love pizza. Like, mm-hmm. especially there's like a there's like a female coded thing happening there too, where it's like, you know, I'm this skinny hot girl, but like I just love uh, I can like house a whole pizza. Like, there's something obviously like, you know, attractive about that, and have been for centuries. Um, but even I see it with like guys, and it's like a male and female thing. It's mm-hmm. as it's like transcends gender a little bit, um, but. And it also shows that you're like, I'm not an uptight bitch. Like, I'm hot, but I'm also not uptight, you know? Right. I'm not afraid to get down and dirty with some pizza. pizza. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And and so since then. It's kind of like an I like to eat with my hands kind of thing. Oh, God. Is that a sex Well, just like sex no. I, no. No, I really didn't mean it like that. <laughs> Just like I'm, I where? What's your happy place? Like you'll see ones a lot where it's like, what's your happy place? And it's like on a dumpling crawl in Flushing. Oh right, yeah. yeah. Dumpling is like dump. I actually have a theory. So like tacos, tacos are the second evolution of pizza because it's like okay, you're more, you're a little bit more like cultured and. When you're talking about tacos, you're generally talking about, like, going out to get tacos, maybe a margarita. It's like, whereas with pizza, it's more like you you can eat pizza in your home. Like, where tacos, you're like, we're going to go go out to get tacos. So you're like, okay, I'm active. I do things. But now I think since tacos are sort of everywhere, it's now more like dumplings. I really think dumplings Dumplings is the the third generation. Yeah. Because, you know, dumpling towards the flushing is like this, you know, thing that everybody 
does that think they like know New York. They're like, you want to go to a dump? Want to go on an adventure? And by adventure, you mean a dumpling tour right. of Flushing? That is not to say that a dumpling tour of Flushing is not a good thing. Oh, to it do. sounds awesome, but yeah. like, but it's I've seen it so many times that I know like exactly what they're getting at there. <laughs> What if it was a really esoteric food thing? Like, what if I was like, uh, I don't know, picking a wild yuzu <laughs> from like a tree in Japan and and making a kombucha out of it or something? It sounds extraordinarily pretentious, and I would, <laughs> I mean, personally, I would absolutely be like, hell no. Yeah. I think talking about food and dating apps is hard in general because it really says nothing about the person, unless mm-hmm. you're just like, you're like virtue signaling. I'm not signaling. I'm not using that word correctly, but like. You all food basically. It's like it, chill signaling. Yeah, no, it's it like anytime you mention a food in your dating app, it, you're signaling something mm-hmm. that like it's pretty easy to guess what it is. So that's what it is from the female or from the male perspective, or that's what women I feel like have the talk. But like, what is it like to see it on the guys? So that's I, that side I don't know. Oh, it's the same thing. It's that the tacos. I just can't is, imagine bros doing. Yeah, bro, like I know where to get tacos. Like what? Oh, <laughs> you would be surprised. It's like I, I mean, I'm a straight woman, so it's like I have seen this plenty of times. <laughs> um, it's they're the same kind of person. It's it's less it's less cheeky. It's more just like let's. It's like very earnest. It's sweet almost. Um, it's like oh okay, <laughs> you're a taco guy. Like <laughs> so cool. It is different. I feel like if I saw some bro and it was just like I can house a whole pizza, I'd be like. Gross, cool. With girls, it's like there's an element of cheekiness to it. Whereas with taco guys, I think there is less. Taco dudes, whatever you want to call them. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Amanda, there is a tweet, uh, David Brooks famous uh, New York Times op-ed columnist, uh, tweeted on July 25th, Waiters are 80% friendlier as they hand me the bill, and I'm about to decide the tip amount than they are at any other point in the meal. Um, what, like, it's... Cr- what an idiot. Like, what? <laughs> I mean, he seemed, obviously, very intelligent guy. I'm sure he slaughtered the SATs. But uh, it's just, like, it's just a silly thing to say. Well... I think I haven't followed the story. I'm yeah. sure it leads to everyone being like super pissed off on the internet. Oh, he's so mad. But yeah. it's like a pretty classic uh, observation from like older people. It's, you know, like yeah. I, haven't you heard this like a gazillion times? It's just there's nothing. It's not even new or yeah. interesting. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not new. So I like I understand why people are really annoyed, but also it's like yes, people always. <laughs> Say the silly thing, and it's really rude. It also is a reason why um, we should have tipping. Because you don't, right. I mean, the thing is that handing someone the bill is kind of awkward. That's true. Handing someone the bill is awkward. And it is easier to do it with a big smile. Uh Uh-huh. So uh, like all annoying things on the internet, like there is a grain of truth to it. Well, I, I don't know. I often have trouble in restaurants sometimes getting the bill. You know, sometimes like everything's great, 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 and then you're like, 
oh my god, I can't leave, and you're trying to flag somebody down. So of course, not always the case. Yeah, yeah. But when they eventually do come over with the bill. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of ten, the server will be like, so sorry that took so long. Thank you very, very much. It was like, I hope you had a lovely meal or whatever. Um, so the tweets responding to David Brooks's tweet <laughs> yeah. are very funny. Yeah, there were do some you wanna, good zings. Do you want to read a couple of them? Sure. Uh, do you have a favorite? Uh, well, let's see. Soledad O'Brien tweeted, they're ready for you to go? <laughs> Question mark. Which just yeah. like, I love her People so just, much. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so easy to. It's just such an easy thing to dunk on. Uh, one one tweet that kind of summed this up: why people were so mad. Funny how someone who writes about elites being out of touch for a living could have this kind of attitude towards working class folks. Uh, yeah, I think that's right on. I think the David Brooks sandwich fiasco is much worse. What was that this. one? I don't remember. You don't remember this? No. Yeah, he. There was a, a bit of an. Uh, online uproar when he wrote an op-ed about taking his friend with only a high school degree to a gourmet sandwich shop. So he wrote, recently I took a friend with only a high school degree to lunch. Insensitively, I led her into a gourmet sandwich shop. Suddenly, I saw her face freeze up as she was confronted by sandwiches named Padrino and Pomodoro and ingredients like Sopressata, Mm -hmm. Capicolo, and Striata Baguette. I quickly asked her if she wanted to go somewhere else and she anxiously nodded yes, and we ate Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I credit a lot of my uh, food savvy to my Capicolo class. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was. It, it got uh, there was there was a lot. Isn't it of great that people there. just blunder like this? Mm-hmm. Well, and like, that he could do it so often. <laughs> Imagine going to your phone, being like, "I have a big platform." But today I'm going to complain because my waiter wasn't nice to me during the meal. And then when they dropped the tip, their, the bill, they were really nice. Yeah, and definitely. He was so mad. <laughs> he was like, this ruined my night. I went for an elegant meal with some com- some compatriots. I think it's great. I mean, I, I just don't want this stuff to end. Like, I want David oh, Brooks won't. to keep tweeting he about will. restaurants. We should have him do a column of about, about restaurants. Let's not. <laughs> He is from Toronto, though, so... um, Props to him. Props to us. (laughs) Last week, we did a segment that you based on your newsletter called How to Become a Regular. Yep. Uh, And we got a lot of feedback from it. We did. Um, And we are going to give a little update with some emails, and uh, you've got some group text stuff. A friend of mine (laughs) sent me a voice memo. One of the things I said was, like, differentiate yourself with 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 weird things that you can do with the bartender so uh-huh. that you are a memorable guest. And, uh-huh. and one of the things I said was, um, if you are willing to just take their suggestions, say, I'm looking for three courses, you pick, happy with whatever, yep. and then they are a little bit more invested in your meal. Mm-hmm. I went to Missy the other night on a Monday night alone, and I was like, I'll do my thing, you know? and My, I, my dance stick? My dance stick. And I was like... You know what? Um, whatever you think, three things. And I just like the way it came out, I bobbled it so hard. And I was like, so like three <laughs> menu items, like, but you like dealer's choice, uh, you know, up to you. And, and she was just like, sorry, I'm not exactly sure what you're what you're asking me for. Oh, wait, so other times when you've done this, have you been totally smooth, smooth and suave? Smooth as silk. Yeah, and it comes up normal? The way it'll usually be handled is they'll be like, oh, well, I would get the asparagus. And I'll be like, cool, mm-hmm. tomato. I'll be like, cool. And uh, probably this like veal cheek or whatever, and be like 
three for three. Let's go. And this time they're like, what are you she was, saying? She didn't what say like, what the fuck do you mean? But <laughs> yeah. it was, that's what it felt like. She well, was like, I'm busy. And, I don't know if you know this, but I have other people to <laughs> attend to. Anyway, it was just a humbling experience because God, if I am not gold tier regular charmer, and this was just bringing me back to earth, reminding me that I am at some point square one like the rest of everyone else. So, Well, when you gave that tip, I was asking for advice on how to be a regular. That was the one tip where I said, that sounds really weird. <laughs> Exactly. But you <laughs> wouldn't forget have, who gave you that tip, would you? No. There no, you go. There I have you a, go, cadet. A group text with my girlfriends, and yep. the question was like, what was that tip? <laughs> Hold on. What did they I'm say? Gonna, I'm going to quote uh, a little. Um, quote my friend Monica, who is a regular in many places in Los Angeles and makes it look easy, but I know it is not. She put some real time in there. She says, I can't think of a more annoying thing for a bartender. <laughs> Than to be responsible for choosing someone's meal. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, well, hi, Monica. How are you? I'm sorry. Just uh, A plus regular. I wouldn't do it every time, you know, but if you really, if, if it's something you can work well, together on. if enough bartenders start listening to the show, also, it's gonna, your spot's blown up. They'll be like, oh, yeah, like on the show. <laughs> okay, let's crank through some. There's uh, another email from a reader who says... Once seated and greeted by your waiter slash server, uh, tip the person up front. Slip them a 20 and introduce yourself. Tipping up front is rare, so you're well on your way to becoming well-known. Would you ever do that, Daniel? Uh, I think it's it's real old school. It's real, like, red sauce joint mobster status. Um, I don't think anyone's going to forget you if you tip them $20 at a time. But I actually think that's kind of – I mean – a lot of these are kind of cheating, but I think that that's kind of cheating. I mean, you're kind of buying regular status. But I don't think you're ever going to earn admiration for that. Uh, but what do you want? Do you want admiration? I think you want to feel like you are actually loved by a place, and the only way to do that is to actually be appreciated. So, I would appreciate if a regular came in and gave me 20 bucks. At the end of the meal, if, if someone tipped very generously uh -huh. and slipped in some cash. It's also a nice thing to throw a little bit of money to the manager mm -hmm. if they've been particularly kind. Uh, so I think this is a good move. I just, I, I think this is, to me, I, I don't consider, maybe I'm just delusional, I don't consider any of the things that I was saying as, as buying your way into being regular. And this, to me, is buying your way into regular. He also suggests a few other things. One, introduce yourself. Remember your waiter's name. Say why you're there so they can remember you. And if a friend shows up after you, introduce the waiter to your friend. Hmm. So, like, remember the waiter's name and then say, Robert, this is my friend, blah, blah, blah. They want a cocktail. Uh, I think it would have to be a specific kind of place to do that. And this is interesting. At the end, he says, go introduce yourself to the manager, exchange business cards, and then email them later and say you had a good time. I mean, let's put a pin in that because I love that move. Yes. And but also, I do think that this this restaurant sounds like a very old school restaurant. Yes. But if you are trying to be regular at this type of place, this is some this is some. No, for real. If you feel like you're at a restaurant uh, where like the kingpins of New York or whatever would hang out and just sit at a table for four hours drinking wine then these are all the correct moves. I think it can be applicable to other places too. Like the Old general school. idea of it. Like yeah. introduce yourself, follow up later, compliment mm -hmm. your waiter to the manager, like that kind of stuff. Okay, another another listener writes in to say, buy very expensive wine, which seems obvious, but also a good tip. And 
also, I love this one. That one won't, the buying expensive wine won't work for a coffee shop, but this one might have an appointment with a celeb at the coffee shop. The wow. staff will remember. That's an awesome tip. Pro move. So let's, the way you would take that and, and spread it elsewhere is like, if you are friends with a celebrity or yeah. you know you get, you've got one a year where you meet yeah. with some famous person, then pick the restaurant that you want to be a star exactly. at. Exactly. Yeah. If you've got someone who's important, bring them to the place where you're trying to get an in. Yeah. Wow, that's a cool one. That is a cool one. And you might think, like, I don't know any celebrities, but you might know somebody who's relatively well-known in some world, (laughs) you know? Dig through your Rolodex, find Find the most famous person, bring them to the restaurant that you want to be a star at. Yeah. I love it. I bet we have a lot of listeners who actually do know celebrities. Everyone knows someone. Out in Hollywood. Yeah. You know? I know these two kids that DJ, and they're kind of famous. See? Oh, yes. We had another email from a listener Saying, um, you know, everyone, you want to be a regular, but how does the wait staff really feel about regulars? Mm-hmm. From experience talking to restaurateurs, uh-huh. wait staff, uh, if the regulars are annoying, that's one thing, but everyone loves regulars. Yes. Regulars keep businesses alive. So uh, everyone I've talked to about a similar question are, will always say, you know, if, you, if you're close with them, they'll be like, eh, maybe the person's annoying, but like wouldn't trade them for the world. Unless they're terrible. Unless they're terrible. So if you're a terrible person, no. Yeah. Don't go be a regular. <laughs> if you're like a creep. If you're a terrible person, or keep you yourself indoors. If you can't read social cues. Yeah. You know, like I remember all the places I waitressed at, there were regulars and we would, you know, like draw straws on who has to serve that table Oof. because this person's very annoying. That has been like every single restaurant right. has that has it's that true. guy that Just comes like in. Just like the dark side, you can be a regular for the wrong reasons. You yeah, can be a yeah, known yeah. regular. It's like, oh, this is the, where I can go and have pretty girls talk to me and like no one ever talks to me the rest of my life. That's and the guy who like, always tips a quarter. Right. Yeah, or no, sometimes they tip like insanely well, Oof. but you, it's not worth it to you as the server to have to talk to this person. Um, but then most regulars are just delightful. Um, okay, last one was uh, an email saying, great segment. This guy, Joe, uh, I don't know if we should say his name or not. Joe, well, it's Joe, it's fine. Um, never thought he wanted to be a regular, but became a regular because he was always sitting at the bar uh, doing work on his iPad or or texting friends. And cool, you know, if you have a prop, that makes you... The prop. Go- have a prop. Get a prop. You know, if, you, if you're always like reading a book... Or you're always like, oh, here's one. If you played Game Boy in a restaurant, you'd be a regular after like two mm. rounds. I just mean like a regular, a person of regular age playing like a full on <laughs> like PSP a 90s or Game Boy. I, any kind of. I mean, if you're in a trendy restaurant, and don't you, do that though. But a good pathway to regular status, especially if you're like cool and you play your game. Oh yeah, I'm it's just not start- cool though. <laughs> <laughs> Slipping someone twenty dollars is so much better than playing a a game in a restaurant that's ridiculous you think i don't know okay you're, you're like probably someone right. twenty dollars is nice how would you do it all right let's say i i sit you down um yeah here's your table my name's dan i'm gonna be uh taking care of you tonight uh, i hope you have a i'll be back to to get your uh drink orders how would i slip you twenty dollars yeah. i'm the worst person to ask Come i'm on, so weird it, there's it, no way i could try do it, it try it try it try how? it i don't know there's no way to explain it anyway maybe you just do it with like a I'm sure this guy does it with a handshake, right? Well, yeah, in his in the old school restaurant. Um, I would say I would find a reason that it was merited. So I would be like, I'd be like, 
I don't know, my friend has some allergies, so it's going to be like a long order. I really appreciate you taking care of us and slip, slip them 20 then. Like, but shake their hand? Hand it to them? I'd probably hand it to them. Stick I, it in their pocket? In barbershops <laughs> and stuff, when people do like the big like hand clap tips thing, uh-huh. it's just like, this isn't the drug deal. You are legally allowed to give someone a yeah. tip. You know, the only time you have to do the handshake thing is if you're buying your way into like a nightclub or something. And then you're like, yeah, yeah, just put it in my hand. And it's like, yeah, gotcha. Weird. <laughs> yeah. And I wanted to play one more. This is from my friend Kevin, who is a uh, legendary bartender in Istanbul, Turkey and around the world. People have been gassed up. So like one way to definitely become a regular is like when you go often, you also have to bring friends. And then you always have to make a point to like say, oh, like this is so-and-so bartender. Like this is my friend. Like this guy makes like the best whatever. And that person kind of like gets all like gassed up and happy. And then like that's really how you become a regular super quick. So clearly Kevin likes the term gassed up a lot right now. But I think what he's saying is if you bring friends and you say, uh, oh, this is the guy I've been telling you about or whatever. He makes the mean margarita. That's going to make someone feel like. uh, Oh, yeah. That's pretty special. That's a great tip. Oh, I've been talking about you all week. I've uh, had the best time. I mean, don't be don't be that weird. Well, I don't even think I went (laughs) overboard there. (laughs) I've been talking about you (laughs) all week. (laughs) This is who I've been telling you about. (laughs) (laughs) Like if you were a bartender, you see the color of his eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't he beautiful? (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to the Eater Upsell. Please tune in next week for Eater's Digest, our new show. Uh, This show has been produced by Martha Daniel and our hosts are Amanda Clute, that's me, and Daniel Janine, that's him. Hi! If you liked it, please email us at upsellateater.com. Didn't like it, email us at upsellateater.com. Rate, subscribe, follow us on things, and uh, subscribe to Amanda's newsletter, which is in the show description. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.